If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the, uh, the fourth chapter of the book of Hebrews, and we are going to uh, start in about the 12th verse. So we're in Hebrews chapter 4 and about the 12th verse. And boy, time just kind of gets away from you, doesn't it? You know, because they're a young man's nine years old, and wow, I mean, wow. But them days, boy, there was a lot of prayer going up for that young man, and, and uh, hope almost seemed like it was gone. How many of you understand when God's in this thing, hope is never gone? Amen. When God is in it, hope is never gone. God's amazing. And uh, my, my father always, he, he would say that God is a prayer hearing and a prayer answering God. He'd tell me that all the time. And he would say, and the day of miracles are not something that's in the past. But the day of miracles are today for us. And if we would read the word as we should read the word, we would always find that that God still works in signs and wonders. And he still works in the miraculous. And why does he do that? To draw people in to hear about Jesus Christ. Amen. How many of you like fires? Come on. I'm not saying you're a pyromaniac, even though some of you are like Jeff back there, but I love fires. I like starting fires. I won't burn your house down. Maybe at one time I would have. But, I, but for some reason, we just like fire. And they're dangerous. We know that, but we like fire. And, and, and they don't let you f follow the fire truck anymore, do they? Is, is it against the law now to follow the fire truck but in our little town of Elwood they started burning houses down without people's consent the fire department did and uh, I loved it <laughs> I chased the fire truck man and and uh, man it was just neat to watch those houses burn now then people didn't care about their houses burning down they was upset about that but uh, at that time you know Elwood would just deem something not fit to live in, and they'd burn it down. I was totally against the law. I understand that, okay, but okay, we'll leave there. But 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 my point is, is people chase things that that uh, just enhances their curiosity, and that's what signs and wonders are all about. That's what, why Christ gives them to us. He gives them to us because He loves us, but also He knows that it draws people into the church itself to hear about Jesus. For instance, I still believe that God can heal the blind, right? And if there was somebody that was blind in here and, and God healed them, I guarantee you, if the word got out, there would be no place to sit in here the next week. Or any, you know, if this young man back here in this wheelchair just gets up today out of that wheelchair, which I believe can take place, which I believe that. But, but you, this, this place would be full. And would it be full so we could do more signs and wonders? No, it would be full so we could say it wasn't us that did that, but it was the Holy Spirit or the Lord Jesus Christ that did that. Somebody say, man, and you can receive him as your personal savior. All right, so in Hebrews chapter four, the writer of Hebrews here, this is one of the most Jewish books 
that have been written. The most Jewish book is the book of James. This one is, is a runner-up to it. And what the writer here is wanting the Hebrew people to understand who Messiah is and who the Christ is. And so I love this book because what he's going to do, the writer is going to do, is, is going to uh, start in chapter 1 and he's going to compare man to the angels and then he's going to compare Jesus to the angels. And we're going to start with that. Father God, we thank you for your word and we give you praise and we give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Now in verse 12 here it says, For the word of God is, is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joint and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Since then we have a great high priest, Jesus, who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest, Jesus, who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin." Now look at verse 16. Let us therefore draw near with confidence to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and may find peace, I mean may find grace to help in time of need. Now we're, we're going to look at Jesus just for a brief moment here. And in, in the, let's, let's go over to the second chapter of the book of Hebrews. And, I, and, uh, and let's look at verse 9. And this is talking about Jesus, okay? Uh, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9. If, if, if you have a telephone, I don't know where to tell you to go to, okay? Okay, people, you're going to be hard on me, okay? Now, here's what it says. But we do see him, Jesus, who has been made for a little while, while lower than the angels, namely Jesus, because of the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. So here, here's something that we see about Jesus. Jesus came as a man. He was born of a virgin, and her name was Mary. And he was born and conceived by the Holy Spirit. And so when he comes into this world, he comes in through legal entry. It's something that the devil can't do. He's never, he, he'll try to imitate it, but he'll never be able to get it done. So Jesus comes through legally, and legally is through the womb of a woman. And so what he does, he comes through the womb of a woman legally to come into this world. And so what we see now is Jesus the man. We see Jesus, the Son of Man, okay? We also see Jesus, the Son of God. No, he is not half man and he is not half God. He is fully man and he is fully God. Everybody understand that, okay? But now everything that he is going to do on planet Earth, he is going to do through his humanness. He's going to do everything through him being a man filled with the Holy Spirit. So when Jesus is, is baptized in the river Jordan by John, and so when John baptizes Jesus, Jesus then assumes the cross because baptism 
is burial. And so when he baptizes, he is Jesus has assumed the cross that he is going to die, so that's the burial. When he, is come, when he has come up out of the water, that's type of resurrection or being raised in faith. Everybody got that, right? And that's why then you hear the voice of the Father from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Now, the reason that he said that was because that day when Jesus was baptized was the day that Jesus took the cross. Everybody understand that? So now Jesus is going to start his ministry. And when he starts his ministry, the first thing that he's going to do, he's going to change the water into wine. That's the first miracle that he does. He's going to change the water into wine. And then he's going to start doing many, many miracles. He's not only going to do many miracles, but he's going to cast out demonic spirits. And he is also going to raise the dead. But before he can do any of this, he is going to be tempted of the devil in the wilderness. And so how is he going to combat the enemy when the enemy comes against him? Last week we established this fact that Jesus was, had, had, had been fasting for 40 days. He comes to the end of the fast and he is hungry. And so we see that the devil is going to tempt him with the lust of the eye, with the lust of the flesh, and he's going to tempt him with the boastful pride of life. And so what Jesus does, now pay attention to this, what Jesus does, he does not rise up as God. And that's what the devil wanted him to do, was rise up as God and take dominion over everything that he did being God, because listen to what, what, what the devil was saying to him. Since you are the son of God, or he said, if you are the son of God in the King James, but the literal translation of that is since you are the son of God, the devil knew who he was because Jesus created him. And they had spent time in heaven. Everybody understand that? So they knew each other. And so what we have is the created, amen, tempting the creator. John got a message today while we was in, in uh, uh, with, went, right before we went to prayer in my office. He gets a message, and it's similar to that. And this message, and he just kind of shakes his head, and, and there's some things that went on. He said a few things, but what it was was the created was tempting the creator. How many of you got that? In, in Romans chapter 1, write this down. In Romans chapter 1, verses 19 and 20, I'm just going to paraphrase it. And what it is, is that, that, that uh, Paul is teaching the Romans. He said, no one will stand with God before God without excuse. Now, just because you are in this service today, if you've never heard about Jesus Christ and him crucified, you're going to stand before God just by hearing this message. Isn't that amazing? And no one will ever be able to stand before God because creation, he created it, should lead you to the creator. But what took place was, then men started to worship the created creature instead of worshiping God. 
Men started to worship the sun and the moon and the stars. Men started to worship trees. And, and men started to wor worship four-footed animals and, and started worshiping everything. But when God created this world the way he created this world, the world itself or the creation itself, the earth itself, should lead one to inquire who did that. And the inquiry of who did that would lead you to Jesus Christ. When I'm in the hospital and, and uh, I'm, I'm going through open heart surgery, I decided that I was going to witness to every single person who came in my room. I didn't care who it was. And really, I know you don't have to believe this, but my wife will testify to this. At night, those nurses, when they didn't have anything to do, they would come into my, I couldn't, I couldn't sleep, so they would come into my room and I would preach to them. And I would witness to them. It happened for over a week. I am telling you how God did this. One woman comes in and she was I, uh, uh, she was uh, uh, what, a, a licensed practitioner. I really liked her. Nice. Uh, she works with Dr. Schwabe. Nice lady. Nice lady. And so I said to her, I said, are you a Christian? And she said, no. She said, I'm a Buddhist. Now, I could have got upset and angry, but I didn't. And I said to her, I said, then you are looking for the light. You are looking for truth. And she said, yes, I am. I said, listen, when you find truth, it'll be in the Lord Jesus Christ. And she said, I'll remember that. Now, the reason why I'm telling you this is because when Jesus comes to this earth, he is like you. And he is like me. He has to eat. He has to sleep. Listen to me. Jesus had to go to the bathroom. I mean, Jesus was 100% God, but he was also 100% man. And every single thing that he did on planet Earth after he was tempted by the devil and he starts to walk in this fabulous, wonderful ministry, listen to what he does. He does it as a man through the word of God. When he defeats the devil in the wilderness, he defeats the devil through the word of God. He said, it is written. And when you say to the devil, it is written, listen, he can't do anything about it. Wow, because why? Because the word itself destroys the very foundation of the enemy who is called the devil. Now, when Jesus comes to this earth, why did he come as a man? And he came as a man because, listen, the Bible says that he was made briefly or for a while a little lower than the angels. If he comes in as an angel, he comes in as an equal to the devil because that's what the devil was. He was an angel. He was, he, was, he was the angel of worship in heaven or the bearer of light in heaven. He was a beautiful being, the, the devil was. And, and so at, uh, his name was Lucifer at that time. By the way, the devil is no more called Lucifer. And, and when, when you see on TV and they, they got Lucifer and, and it shows the devil, the devil's not called Lucifer no more. He's called the devil or he's called Satan, but he's not called Lucifer. That was his heavenly name. And so when Jesus comes to this earth, he comes as a man. And if he had come as an angel, he would have come in as uh, the, the devil's equal. 
if he comes in as God, then he comes in as the devil's superior. But he didn't. He came in as a man. And why did he come as a man? He came and he was a little lower than the angels. Because here's what he's going to show the devil for our sake. He's going to show the devil how we are going to be able to overcome him through the written word. Is that not totally awesome? And so every time the enemy does something, Jesus comes back to the word. When they said, who are you? He takes the word and he starts to read Isaiah chapter 61. And the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He goes always back to the word. So the devil now has a difficulty. And the reason why the, de the devil has a difficulty is because you and I are following after the pattern of the Lord Jesus Christ. In John chapter 19 and verse 30, write this down. So when Jesus is hanging on the cross and he is ready to give up the ghost, listen to what he says. He says, it is finished. And then he bows his head and he gives up his spirit. And when he says it is finished, that word finished means perfecter or perf uh, perfection. And so listen to what he says. He said, when, when we look, when we read in, in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1, looking unto Jesus, and verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, okay? The finisher or the perfecter of our faith. That means that he perfected that through the righteousness and the spirit of God. But when he is hanging on the cross and in, in uh, 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 John chapter 19 and verse 30, when he said, it is finished, he said, I perfected it, but I didn't perfect it through being deity. Listen to what he's saying. I perfected it w through being a human being. Isn't that not amazing? So his perfection that he put on, he put the perfection on as a human being. Amen. And so then when he, when he goes to the cross, listen to what he does at the cross. He takes your sin and puts it on the cross. He became sin for you. He became sin for me. He took the robe of humanity and he nailed it to the cross. So he, he, roll, he, 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 he nails the robe of humanity. He takes off humanity. He ro nails it to the cross and he nails your sin and my sin to the cross. And so that now what he's going to do is that he's going to come back and he's going to walk among men for 40 days. Amen. And then on the 40th day, he's going to send unto the father. But listen to what he says. Now, here's what he says in Luke chapter 25 and verse 45. It says, and he opened up their minds to understand the scriptures because they're going to have to preach now. What are they going to preach? They are going to preach the written word of God. That's what they're going to preach. And why are they going to preach the written word of God? Which would be Old Testament, by the way. Because they are going to write a New Testament. And in that New Testament, listen what they're going to write it through. They're going to write it through the blood of Jesus Christ and their own. Every one of those people are going to die a martyr's death, save John, but John is going to be persecuted so bad that Fox's Book of Martyrs puts him in uh, with the martyrs, okay? And so what Jesus did now, he did 
through the blood. Listen to me, if you're not saved this morning, all you have to do is cry out to Jesus because listen to what he'll do. He will save you and wash your sin away by the blood that was shed on Calvary. Somebody say amen. So he did that. And he took your sin and he took my sin before the foundation of the world. And there he took it away from me. So when I stand before the Lord, listen to me. And, and, and if I'm not saved and I stand before the Lord, it's not going to have anything to do with sin. It isn't going to have anything to do with sin. Because when Jesus Christ died on the cross, my sin was forgiven. Just like that. Just like that, my sin was forgiven. Then why would I stand before the Lord? Because we have rejected the one who went to the cross and shed his blood for us. And so a man chooses to go to hell. Why does, he, why does God send any man to hell? God doesn't send men to hell. Men go there by their own election. Men go there by their own choice. You're, if, if you're not saved this morning and you don't care to give your heart to the Lord and you stand before the great white judgment throne of God, it's not going to be God's fault because right now he's opening up the door to you. That is an amazing thing right there. So when men stand before the Lord, listen to what's going to take place. And, and they're going to say, hey, we didn't know nothing about it. And the Lord's going to say this. Listen to what he's going to say. He said, it's not about sin. I forgive your sin at the cross. I took your sin upon myself and I washed you clean. Here's the problem. You rejected the one who died on the cross for you. See, it's not going to be about sin in your life. It's going to be about the rejection of Messiah. And what we have right now in our society is that we are rejecting, our society is rejecting Jesus or is rejecting Messiah. And Messiah is going to come back. Now we're going to pick up this message. You say, well, you said all that just to get this. And so here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm going to say. Now Jesus is coming back. And when he comes back, he's coming back with the sword in his mouth. And the sword in his mouth is the word of God. Listen, I see light today like I've never seen light before. I, I know that the Bible teaches us that the world is waxing worse and worse. I know that. I can see it. But I also know people are praying, and there's a lot of you in here that are praying. And how do I know that they're praying? Because I see things start to change in our government, and I see people saying, that's not right. I see people saying, now, well, listen here, there's certain things. How does that light come into being? That light comes into being when people start to pray in the church. Here's the responsibility of the church. If your government is corrupted, then the responsibility of the church is to pray for your government. If your church is not preaching the full gospel of the Bible, then you need to start praying for your pastor that he will. How many of you understand that, that when the church starts to pray, God starts to listen. And here's what I like about the Hebrew children. They were off in sin, but one of them, one of them out of three and a half million started to cry. One of them started to cry. Let me tell you something. Out of three and a half million Hebrew at that time when they was in Egypt, one of them started to cry. And when that one started to cry, he started to cry out to the Lord. 
And what God heard was the cry of one. And God hears the faintest cry of his people. And then that one started to cry, and then another one started to cry, and then another one started to cry, and they was crying out to God, and God heard their cry. And listen to what he said. He said, I'm going to send you a man, and his name is going to be Moses, and he is going to lead you out of this country and take you to Canaan land. God hears the faintest cry. Joseph is in Egypt, and Joseph is crying out to the Lord. And listen, there's only 70 Israelites at that time, but oh, Joseph says this. He says, listen, when God brings the Exodus to this country, and you are to go back home to Canaan, he said, you take my bones and you bury them, in Canaan and he refused to allow them to bury him do you know that for 400 years that Moses was on top of the earth never buried waiting for the Israelites to come out of that place to take his bones and bury them in Canaan land there is an exodus taking place today like we've never seen before it's called Jesus Christ coming back after the church and it's talking about the church are you ready listen look positive because people are praying now we're getting the sermon hopefully it don't take too long here's what he says he says for the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword okay when I look at that the word of God is living and active and sharper I look at this and I say you know what there is nothing in my life that God can't take care of in my body, in my soul, and in my spirit. There is not one single thing about me that God can't take care of. There's not one single thing about you that God can't take care of. He will heal your body. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. I, my son, I laid my son on the altar for three years. And for three years, my son and I did not speak a word to each other, and we played on the same ball team. My wife, I'd go home, my wife say, he speak to you today? And I said, no, but I didn't speak to him either. I'm just bad as he was. How many of you got that? But, but the Lord had given me a promise about him. And the promise that the Lord had given to me said, this is what I want you to do, and I want you to stay the course. And I stayed the course. It was tough. It was three years. And it was a tough course to stay because you just want to get in there and you want to enable and you want to bring them out. You know, enabling your children is not the right way all the time. When Tron said he had to walk away, seeing that boy lay there. That's the hardest walk a parent ever has to take. But you got to do those things. And I looked at my son because, see, my son was me. And so I wanted my son to be rescued. So this is what I knew. The word of God is true. And so I walked away and I said, this is the plan that God has. And now he's a preacher. He's the administrator of a large Christian school. Loves the Lord. He's going to be here at the pastor's convention leading worship. I mean, the guy's really talented and all his talents now go towards the Lord. But understand, why is that? Because the word of God is alive. 
And the word of God is alive and it's active. And how do we know that it's active? Because Jesus Christ came to this earth as a human being. And he knows just exactly what you are going through right now. He knows just exactly what you need right now. Listen, he knows what your needs are before you ask him. And the disciple said, teach us to pray. He said, your father knows your need before you ask. Listen to me. He knows your need, but you have to activate your faith and you have to talk to him and you have to go to him and fall before him and lay it out and say Lord this is what it's all about and do you have that faith where you need to prevail in prayer there's times when you just have to prevail in prayer Daniel is prevailing in prayer as soon as he had the prayer God heard it but the answer didn't come for another 21 days because the devil intercepted the prayer and Daniel wasn't about to let the the devil intercept his prayer so he stayed with it and he stayed with it and he stayed with it listen to me God gives you a plan his word is alive and it's active. How do we know that it works? Because it worked for him. How many of you got that? It worked for him. What worked for him? When he was on this earth, he ministered the same way you and I minister. No different. And I know that you would like to think that he ministers different, but he didn't minister different. He ministered exactly the same way. And what was that? Faith in God, faith in the word. And he knew this, that his father would never leave him. Guess what Paul teaches us? He teaches the Hebrew. He says this, he says, And Jesus, although he was a son, learned obedience through the things in which he suffered. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through the things in which he suffered. He suffered. Why did he suffer? He didn't suffer for him. He was the son of God. He suffered for you. He suffered for me. He, listen, when he took those stripes on his back, when Pilate had those Roman soldiers take and flog him 39 times, 40 times, save one 39 times, every time he was hit on his back, it healed you. Isaiah says, and by his stripes, we are healed. But the apostle Peter said, by his stripes, you were healed. And why could you call out for that little boy who the world had given up on? And why did those doctors not give up? Because somebody was praying. And when them prayers went to God, God said, man, we're going to make these things work. Listen, I, I have no, I, I believe in divine healing, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad for doctors. I, I really am. I'm glad for doctors. I believe in divine healing. But if I'm in a car wreck out there and, and my leg is busted and that bone's sticking out, you pray for me on the way to the hospital. Yeah, come on. Man, I, I, they, they opened up my chest. And, and you all remember when I said, they ain't put no pig valve in me. Remember, I got up in church and just shot my mouth off. Don't amen me on that one. He give me an amen. What is that all about? Hey, man, we remember when you shot your mouth off, Pastor. But, but I shot my mouth off and I said, they're not putting no pig valve in me. And then Dr. Schwabe says, 
Do you want an animal or do you want a mechanical valve? She said, if you have the mechanical valve, you have to take blood thinners all for the rest of your life. And I said, well, I done blew it. And she said, why? And I said, well, I shot my mouth off in church. And I said, they ain't put no pig valve in me. He, she said, it's a cow. You're all right. <laughs> so they put a cow in me. Yes, somebody says, do you eat, still eat steak? Yes. Yes, I still eat steak. Okay. But, but understand some, I, 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 doctors are great. Problem with some doctors, they don't realize that God is God and that he's a creator. But, but God will heal you. There's way God heals. And then you, you, you might have had a loved one that went on home to be with the Lord after you prevailed in prayer and you prevailed in prayer. Listen to me. There's a scripture verse and it's found in Hebrews and it's 927. It's appointed unto man once to die. Every single one of you in here, including myself, have an appointment day to be before the Lord. And when my appointment day comes, listen to me, all the prayers that you pray are not going to keep me from that day. When your appointment day comes, all the prayers that I'm going to pray will not keep you from that day. It's written. Then why does God heal? God heals so we have a better quality of life. And as Christians, we can walk around with a better quality of life. Somebody give me a witness on that. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 11, I'm preaching way too long, aren't I? But it says, if the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells within you, it says that spirit will quicken your mortal body. That word quicken makes, means make alive. So he'll touch your mortal body. He'll touch your soul. He'll touch your spirit. Listen, the Bible says, and he is able to divide between spirit and soul. He is be able to divide between bone and marrow. How many of you know that God is able? The Bible says his words are accurate and they are sharp. Listen, now here's where we're going to. One day when all of this thing takes place and Jesus Christ comes back, the armies of the world are going to come together and there is going to be a great battle take place one day. And that great battle is called the Battle of Armageddon. How many of you know that when Jesus comes back, the second coming, not the rapture, when Jesus comes back, the second coming, he's going to be on a white horse. He is going to be the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He is God like we've never seen God before. Can you imagine what John thought of Jesus? He had followed Jesus on earth, but when he saw him standing in them lampstands, that was a whole different Jesus. That was a Jesus that he knew could speak, and as he spoke, mountains were going to flee away. Islands were going to uh, leave their place. Waters were going to dry up. He knew that. Listen to me. The Bible says this Jesus is coming back and when he comes back listen to what it says in revelation 2 16 just write it down he says to the church of pergama listen to what he says he said get your house in order he said get yourself ready he said because everything's not right with you and we can say that in the church today get this church together get it right because everything's not right understand that you're, if you're sick and you come into this church and no one will pray for you, shame on this church. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and this church right here doesn't preach Jesus Christ and Him crucified, shame on this church. 
If a demonic spirit is either in you or, or hassling you in any way, and we let that go on and we don't take care of that, shame on this church. Because Jesus would not allow any of those things to take place. Let me tell you what Jesus did. He spoke and everything listened when he spoke. When Jesus spoke, the earth listened, men listened, and devils listened when Jesus spoke. What's that got to do with us? He who spoke these things now abides within me according to Colossians 1, 26 and 27. It is the mystery that has been hidden from past generations. And what is that mystery? It is to the Gentile, that is us, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Christ is in me. Christ is in you. Listen, the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is here today. The kingdom of God is going to be with you in the restaurant today. How are you going to treat your waitress when you get cold french fries? Think about it. How are you going to treat your waitress when she just don't get right on over there to you? The kingdom of God is within us. The kingdom of God is within him. And listen to what he did. The Bible says he healed the sick. All that came to him. It says that he delivered the demoniac all that came to him. Listen, in more than one occasion, he raised the dead. You say, oh, I don't believe in that. That's okay. You don't have to believe in that. I, I, I knew a Baptist preacher one time, and he said, Pastor, he said, I'm sorry. I just don't believe in divine healing. I said, okay, when you get sick, just die. You go, what? You don't believe. Just die. Can I give a witness back there, uh, Sue, of your husband? Sue's husband comes to church. This is when we was in the South End. And, and uh, I, I said to him, I said, you're almost going to die. But God's going to raise you up. But you're going to come close to death. And he stopped breathing, didn't he? And, and I'm not kidding you. He, he couldn't breathe. And when they got him to the hospital... He's already turning black. He, he wasn't, it was, it was an awful thing to behold. And he was dying. And so I said to Sue, I said, how do you want to pray? And here's what she said. She brought those words back to me. And she said, he's almost going to die, but you said the Lord would bring him back. And she said, he's no more dead than he is right now. Remember that, Sue? And we just took hands and we thanked the Lord that day for healing that man. He didn't get better. He got worse. And so then finally they said to Sue, they said, they said uh, we want to take the life support systems off him and different things. Because he was done. And guess what God did? He came through there and healed that man in intensive care. And it's the only man I've ever known that left intensive care and went home. That's what God does. That's what God does. That little boy is nine years old. Kyle should have been killed on that motorcycle. That was a bad accident. There's things that's happened. Listen to me. Why? Because of Jesus. Now listen. So he makes this plan for you and I. And, and listen, even though I jump around, I'm 72. I lost the Prevagen. You know, you buy that Prevagen for your memory. I, I've, I've, I don't know where I put it. Okay, so... I bought it. I, I, and so I, even though I kind of jump around, stay with the program. So it says that Jesus 
He is, he's, he's livelier, he's sharper than any two-edged sword. The word comes from his mouth. And there's a battle going to take place. And it's the battle of the armies of the world when they come together are going to declare war against Jesus. Jesus is coming on a white horse. The Bible says his vesture will be dipped in blood. He's going to be called the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. And listen to what it says. It says that when he comes back, he is going to speak the word. And the word is the sword of his mouth. And it is going to instantly take over that war and it's over. It's an amazing thing. When the battle of Gog and Magog takes place, Jesus is just going to speak and it's going to be over. Is that not totally amazing? The sword of his mouth. Listen, when Paul talks about the, to the Ephesians about the armor of God, he says that the word is the sword of the Lord. So what you have right now is the sword of the Lord. In Revelation 19 and 15, from his mouth comes a sharp sword to smite the nations. Now, here you have this sword. And this sword is not going to come out of your mouth until you start to read it. Just read it, people. You don't even have to study it. Just read it. Read it over and over. Read it in the morning. Read it in the evening. Read it so much that when you miss it, you feel bad that you didn't read. Read this word because what it is, it is the light of the world. And listen to what it says about, for the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and, in, uh, and judges the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And then listen to what he says about this word. He says now in verse 16, let us therefore draw near with confidence to the throne of grace that we may find and receive mercy and find grace in the time of need. Listen to me, this word. That word confidence means boldness. The writer is saying, listen, when you go into the throne room of this God right here that he's speaking about, we're not speaking about Allah. And when they say Allah and Jehovah are the same, no, they are not. Jehovah is Jehovah. He is not Allah. Okay. There is one God. And one God only. Now listen to his name. His name is Elohim. His name is, 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 is uh, 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 El Shaddai. His name is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that healeth thee. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord that provides. You can go through all the names of the Lord. The Lord sit canoe, our ban uh, the banner over us with love. He's got so many names. And let me tell you what his name really is. All those names come down to one name, Jesus. Amen. Comes down to Jesus. And listen to what it says in Colossians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. And in him, Jesus, all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. Verse 10. And in him, you have been made complete. Or you have been healed. You have been delivered. You have been resurrected from the dead. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. 
The old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Listen, the word is alive and is sharper than any two-edged sword. And guess what? It is in your mouth and you get to speak it. And you say, how do I know? Read it. Read it and see what God says. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be a pastor. Listen, all you have to be is one who will read the word. And you'll be able to stand in the gap. Read the word. Read the word. Let's stand. God is the healer. He's the deliverer. He is savior. So Doris, would you come to the piano? He's, she's coming. Huh? You say it's wrong? Yeah. Actually, I like that little bit of boogie you put in that. Anybody like that? That talks about it. Come on, man. That tells you how old you are. Hey, you want to take that, please? Listen, listen who God is. God is Savior. He's Lord. And his name is Jesus. Now, you know, I appreciate y'all. I, I do. I appreciate everybody that comes. But I get excited when I see people start to turn. And, 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 and don't, 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 don't take this the wrong way, that I don't like you, because I do. But John and Christine, they excite me. And the reason why they excite me is because they want to know this Jesus. They've never got to hear this Jesus. And when they start hearing about this Jesus, wow, it started changing some things. You know, you take, you take Larry and Dorothy over there. They're encouragers, man. They encourage me. Come on, preach, 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 man. Let the Holy Spirit move. You take Bruce and Marie. They're, they're behind me. Preach, preach. Let the Holy Spirit move. Some of you young people, I, I, I'm serious. Some of you young people need to start doing something like this. You need to come up to these older guys and, and just do this. Oh, I'm telling you, just rub that anointing, man. Rub it. You can rub that anointing. That anointing come right off on you. You say, no, it won't. Well, how come then that that anointing was on the handkerchiefs and on the aprons and they wiped old Paul's brow and, and they took that handkerchief and they laid it on the sick and then people healed. You know why it don't happen no more? Because we quit believing. It don't happen no more because we quit believing. But listen, it don't make any difference if we believe or we don't believe. God still, he's still the healer. He's still the deliverer. And he's still the savior. Why did he come as a man? So that you and I could walk in victory. He said, you know what? I came like you and I'm your pattern. Isn't that wonderful? Listen to what he did for us, though. When he filled us with the Holy Spirit, he put power in us like we never have known before, like we've never known before. I'll end it with this. In Luke chapter 25 and verse 45, he opened up their minds to the scriptures. If you pray, God will do that for you as you read. But then he looked at those apostles and he said, listen, I've opened up your mind, but you still need a little bit more. Well, what do I need, Lord? He said, I want you to go to Jerusalem. And there's an upper room that I want you to go to. And I want you to tarry there until the Holy Ghost comes.
And when he comes, he's going to clothe you. He's going to endue you. He's going to fill you with power. He's going to baptize you like you've never been before. And then you're going to take this word that I placed inside of you. And you're going to take this anointing of the Holy Spirit. And you're going to put them together. And you are going to go out and win the world for me. Wow. You're not Jesus. But you are his child. You're not Jesus, but he does abide in you if you're saved. You're not Jesus, but listen, who is? That Jesus who is came to live in you. Can I say one more thing? And then we're going to pray. The Bible says this. It says that if a man has a spirit and you cast that spirit out of that man, he said that man, that spirit goes into the desert into a dry place. It has no house to go to, so it th thinks, I'll go back to my original house and see if it's empty. And so he goes back to his original house and sure enough, it's empty. And so he doesn't want to lose that house again. So he invites seven more spirits, more wicked than what he is to take that house. But you know what that next verse says? And that next verse says, and Jesus said, that's what the way this wicked generation would be. How about if we come together and we decide this, that the devil can't have our country? How about that? What, what if we come to this and say, okay, God, the devil can't have our government. What if we come to this and say, God, the devil can't have our churches. What, what if we start to pray for pastors and say, you know what, God, that they be released right now to be able to let the Holy Spirit and the anointing just take his place. How about that? See, there's light. Could we, could we raise our hands, those that will, and just start to worship him now? Yeah.